Welcome to Shift by Alberta Innovates. I'm Katie Burnett. And I'm John Hagen. Today on Shift, we're talking with Brian Helfenbaum, Executive Director of Advanced Hydrocarbons at Alberta Innovates, about the launch of a $15 million international clean energy competition to accelerate the development of carbon fiber from bitumen in Alberta. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, and welcome to Shift. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So, Brian, I have heard, like been listening to the news and talking to all of my colleagues, and it seems to me that there is an energy revolution happening. Absolutely. <laughs> That's really exciting. And it seems like Alberta Innovates and you are kind of at the center of all, all of that. Yeah, so uh, a few years ago, we launched the Bitumen Beyond Combustion program, and it's been getting some good legs. We uh, polished off two white papers in the last few years and then launched uh, about a dozen uh, research projects in this space, looking at carbon fiber, asphalt, vanadium, and other uh, constituents, uh, other products that you can make out of bitumen. Uh, and, and as the name implies, we're just looking for non-fuels, uh, non-combustible products that we can make out of our bitumen to diversify its uh, its market. 90% of our bitumen today goes into fuels. So diesel, gasoline, naphtha, and other. And so the, the, the challenge is because our bitumen is a high carbon intensity, mm-hmm. um, it puts us into a more vulnerable position when it comes to, to fuels because of, uh, because of that carbon intensity. So what the Bitumen Beyond Combustion program tries to do, and carbon fiber is a great example, is turn that on its head and say, rather than carbon intensity being a weakness, can that be a strategic advantage? And when we look at a, a world population approaching 9 billion by the middle of the century, there is going to be enormous demand for materials. And what are most materials made out of? Carbon. And so the, this concept of the low-carbon economy is a little bit of a misnomer in the sense that we want to get carbon out of the atmosphere, we want to decarbonize, but it's decarbonizing the CO2 that's entering the atmosphere or the methane or other things that are, that are in gaseous form. Most of the stuff that we use, is, and, and us included, are, is made of carbon. So we're not really going to eliminate carbon, but if we can find better ways to use it in its solid form, then we're sequestering that carbon as a solid, and it's not entering the atmosphere and contributing to climate change. Uh, okay, so it's the combustible form of carbon that's really the egregious uh, uh, component here. That's right. Okay. How is that going to impact our greenhouse gases then if we expand this technology more? So what this would fundamentally do is take a portion of the barrel of bitumen that is currently being converted into fuels and instead sequester it in solid form as carbon fiber. And so we can use that carbon fiber, and and today it's used in a wide variety of ways, but if we can reduce the cost of carbon fiber generation, which is what this is trying to do, then we can expand that market enormously, and we'll see carbon fiber appear in, in a ton more applications. And so the greenhouse gas emissions reduction is both on the barrel itself, so we're no longer combusting it and contributing to CO2 emissions, but what's even more fascinating is the downstream impacts. And so with that carbon fiber, we can make more fuel-efficient vehicles because they are four times lighter than steel. We can make uh, bridges and and highways and um, 
buildings that last longer. Carbon fiber doesn't corrode. Um, and so we can use it as an additive in concrete uh, to reduce the amount of concrete we use and to make basically everything last longer. So what I'm hearing here is that this could be the perfect compromise between those who are pro-oil and those who are pro-environment. There's a lot of fear and anger um, kind of not only in our province, but in our country around that. That's right. I, I, I have found in my travels this is pretty apolitical. Um, the, uh, and we've done some, some media in the last while on this uh, with, with shows that kind of lean left or lean right. And, and we're, we're hearing a lot of excitement from across the spectrum. And, and why not? It's one of those technologies that checks all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, so it is, is providing an opportunity to sell bitumen long term. Um, it's a market that, you know, frankly, could be in danger as, as vehicles electrify and, and we decarbonize. Um, but it's also leading to economic diversification and, and value add and greenhouse gas reduction. Um, and it, it's a pretty exciting space. And, you know, one of the uh, one of the narratives my colleague and I like to, to play with a bit with people is the the pipeline debate that's been happening at a national level. Right, and people are very vehemently for or against pipelines. Yeah, and we it's not say, a polar, or it is a very polarizing topic. That's sure. right. That's right. And and one of the interesting kind of thought experiments is if this was already a thing, yeah, how would that change the narrative that's going on nationally around pipelines? Like, what if Energy East was taking bitumen east, but we were going to drop off some carbon fiber in Ontario to build vehicles with in their automotive centers? Would that change the narrative? And I think it would. That's right? a very interesting perspective, actually. And so it, it's pretty exciting because, it, again, it, it's really checking all of those boxes, and, and it's not hard to get behind this right now. It almost sounds too good to be true. Well, and, and it might be. So the other part of it is it's early. And so we're pretty excited. We've seen some proof of concept work that tells us that the science is real, that there's an opportunity here for sure. But going from making a few grams of carbon fiber in a lab to large-scale production is an enormous task. And so we're always mindful of managing the hype cycle on this. So, so it's great. We've got a lot of people excited, and we, we need that. We need to get funding involved. We need to get industry excited. And we've done that. We also have to remind people that you know we're five to seven year, years away at best from seeing commercial large-scale production of this. Because not only are we reinventing where carbon fiber comes from, but we also have to reinvent even how it's manufactured. Because when we look at the current processes that are used, they are not going to scale at the right level mm -hmm. to achieve what we need to achieve with this. So there's a lot of work to be done. Right, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now, this sounds like a good opportunity to lead into the Carbon Fiber Challenge that uh, Alberta Innovates recently launched. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I'd love to. So just on Wednesday of last week, we launched a $15 million grand challenge. Uh, we've launched phase one, which is being fully funded by Alberta Innovates. And so we've divided it up into three phases. Phase one is really a, a proof of concept. Uh, phase two is scaling. And then phase three is getting to a commercial demo. And so this will play out over the next four years or so. And the amount of money at stake increases over that period of time. The phase one challenge that we've launched is really trying to engage a much broader community. One of the challenges we have in this space is we know bitumen in this province. We have brilliant people who understand the chemistry of bitumen and, and refining it. What we don't have a lot of is, is carbon fiber expertise, right? Naturally, that, that resides elsewhere in the world. And so we've deliberately gone international with this challenge to try to engage experts in the U.S., in 
Europe and, and especially in Asia, um, who probably have never, you know, held a clump of bitumen before, let alone, you know, maybe never even heard the word bitumen, but are experts in carbon fiber. And so we see this as a massive collaboration opportunity. So, so phase one is a pretty low bar, uh, to be frank. Uh, it's $50,000 per applicant, a successful applicant. And it's really, you know, we, we're establishing a bitumen, uh, sorry, an asphaltine sample bank with Innotech. And so we can actually get samples out to the researchers. And, you know, here's a sample, play with it in a lab and see what you're able to do. And then it really sets them up well for phase two, where we start having some significant quality specifications in order to meet to then advance to phase three. Fascinating. Are, just, is Alberta Innovates the only player in this, or who else are our partners in this? So we've definitely been taking a leadership role in this. It, it, it's a really exciting opportunity, but it's, it's far enough away from commerciality that industry is kind of watching it, but they're not invest, investing heavily in it right now. It's still squarely with post-secondary institutions and government research labs. And so we have convened what we call a strategic advisory committee, um, and so we've brought in not just the oil sands producers that have a vested interest in seeing this come to fruition, but we've also brought in carbon fiber manufacturers uh, internationally, as well as end users. And so a couple of examples there. Uh, on the end user side, we have Lafarge sitting at the table with us, and they've been very helpful explaining, you know, these are the quality and the cost specs that you need to meet. And if you can meet it, you know, they will buy as much of it that we can produce. And so understanding kind of the targets is really important. And the targets are different for different applications. As an additive for, for concrete, looks a lot different than automotive specs. Mm -hmm. and, and frankly, we don't know yet today whether there's a sweet spot for us, whether we can produce it to, to affect all of it or not. We also brought in the carbon fiber manufacturers. And, and frankly, it, it's been a great opportunity to really test whether this is real. And I'll say, you know, we're getting pretty excited. Uh, the University of Alberta has done some amazing work in this space. But you get to a point where you're like, you know, are we drinking our own Kool-Aid here? Um, is, this, is this really what we think it is? And so we, we brought in uh, uh, an American producer, an executive, and frankly, he was more excited than we were. And that really That's got cool. us super Validating. stoked. Yeah, no kidding. So we talked a lot about um, bitumen in the province and how, as far as I'm aware, we have a lot of it. <laughs> um, but and you kind of touched on that we don't necessarily have all the skilled labor. And what other resources um, beyond the natural resources do we have in this province? And um, what do we need more of? Yeah, so at this stage you know, we're really going after the, the carbon fiber geeks out there that really have been working in this the space geeks. for a long time. <laughs> we're always looking for geeks. We just need certain kinds. Right. <laughs> but fundamentally, what this becomes as we develop it is, is manufacturing. And so we certainly have a lot of skilled labor in the province. We have some, some wonderfully skilled people from a variety of backgrounds um, that are, you know, frankly, a little underemployed right now. And so we don't really see a major barrier one of the challenges is going to be how much of this value chain are we really going to capture in Alberta? And selfishly, we want all of it, right? Fair, yeah. But there might be an opportunity to synergize with experts in other provinces. And so I gave the example earlier of using this in automotive manufacturing. So are we going to, you know, separate and spin and basically have a perfect carbon fiber in Alberta? Or given that we're quite far from different markets, 
are we instead going to develop it into an intermediary and then send that intermediary closer to where the, the end user market is? And, and the answer is we just don't know. Um, and so there's a bunch of different scientific and economic factors that will play into how this plays out. And so we need to be developing the science and mindful of this. We also need to be open to a variety of possibilities. So we're working it across the, the technical, the business, the supply chain, the regulatory, right? All of these are open questions right now and pretty exciting. So you mentioned the economy. What's the impact um, going to have on the economy? Well, it depends how much of that value chain we, we capture here. And so I, uh, the economic impact is in the billions, Wow. Uh, the, whether it's a few billion or a hundred plus billion depends again on how much of that value chain impact we have. You are adding far more value to a barrel of bitumen right. than we have today. So selling it for fuels is, you know, a, a lucrative business that we've been in for quite some time, but this would... Well, there's more opportunity for it. Absolutely. Other, like, yeah. yeah. So even though you're only taking off 15 to 20% of the barrel to make carbon fiber and still selling the rest, you would potentially double, triple, quadruple what you're making off the fuels with the, the carbon fiber. Significant. Now, how did you guys, so we, you know, we talked about the three, or you mentioned the three, carbon fiber and asphalt. Uh, what about something like graphene? Is there any uh, thought about going down that road at some point? Or is it, let's start with an established industry and, and move from there? It's a great question. There are definitely some more advanced carbon products. Carbon nanotubes and graphene are the two that jump to mind. And we're very mindful of them. Uh, they're pretty exciting. Graphene has gotten a lot of legs lately with respect to its potential application. But we don't really see large-scale manufacture and use of graphene today. So we need to understand where the puck is going uh, and be mindful of it. But it would be more appropriate right now to develop a product that, that has an existing market that we know we can expand that existing market. Uh, graphene is still so nascent as both a technology and an end-use application um, that it's, it's something to watch for sure. Um, we don't know that we have a strategic advantage chasing the graphene market the way we, we, we believe we do with uh, carbon fiber. Uh, so right now, carbon fiber is where we're at. We are dabbling in carbon nanotubes. Um, a little bit, uh, but we'll keep an eye on this space. Certainly, all of these advanced carbon materials are very exciting, and where you know where we are going as a society. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see what happens uh, with this carbon fiber grand challenge. Mm -hmm. um, but to shift gears a little bit, let's talk about the Dice program. Sure. Tell us about that. What does that mean? So Dice uh, is an acronym for Digital Innovation in Clean Energy. Uh, this was something we dreamed up probably a year and a half ago. But then we hit the run-up to an election and an election and a right. government change. Yes. And so uh, very excited that we finally got to launch this program in November. And it, it, it relates to Alberta Innovate's core four of trying to double down in the digital space. Right. And so we've long recognized the opportunity in energy specifically and wanted to, to, to launch this challenge. It, it, it's it's a, an exciting space, but it's a very agile one. You know, when I talk about bitumen beyond combustion as a great example, these projects are years in the making, right? And, and each individual project will take quite a while to play out. Whereas on the digital side, it's about agile manufacturing. So this is the other bookend. These projects are a few months long often. Oh, wow. And so we were 
talking internally about, you know, how do we reinvent ourselves to actually assist this part of the ecosystem? Because if we do our standard processes of a multi-stage evaluations, by the time we get to the end point, that company may have already finished the work or moved on or pivoted and gone somewhere else. So it, it's really kind of testing our ability to respond to the needs of, of industry in this space and working with a lot of small and medium enterprises, much more prevalent on the digital side than, say, the you know, the oil sand side, which are dominated by an oligarchy of, of a few. So we launched this challenge um, in November. We received 61 applications, and they uh, fantastic quality. So I, I can't speak to the specifics of any one. We're still in the evaluation phase. But we're doing it fast. So it's a bit of a learn-by-doing approach for us. Um, and so we're understanding what are the technologies that are out there and how do we ensure that we can be of service to it. And so we'll be making our decisions at the end of this month and then contracting in February. So November to February is pretty darn quick for us to be able to move on a, on a full competition like this. So I'm, I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I could, I, because we have so many applications, each of us only see a quarter of them at this point, and then we, we get together for our, our full recommendation. Uh, the ones that I've been privy to are, are fascinating. Really exciting stuff, such amazing creativity, and, and really leveraging off of a strong uh, digital know-how, you know, institutions like Amy and others that are kind of well-kept secrets out there. Um, tr- seeing what's out there and what the potential impact is, is is inspiring and fascinating. That's cool. Now, DICE is open pr- just to the Alberta companies? Is that uh, or is that national, international as well? So that one, we we kind of took our usual approach, which has been, it is open beyond Alberta. All of the impacts need to serve Alberta. So somebody from outside of the province can apply, but we haven't really deliberately marketed that one uh, outside of the province. So we know there's enough going on, and there's a really well developed ecosystem here that we can we can launch uh, projects, and we certainly want to build the capacity within Alberta. So that's our preference. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, something comes in from outside the province. Maybe they want to come set up shop, or there's a collaboration with an organization that's here, uh, and then that that makes for a great opportunity. So. What does I know you can't talk about the applicants specifically, but what does digital innovation in clean energy look like? Like, what kind of things are you looking for? So, there's a lot of different places in this space right now, and so there are, you know, we've we've seen success stories in I'll say some of the periphery. So, autonomous vehicles, you see autonomous mining trucks uh, at Suncor's mines and things like that, uh, drones. Enhanced visualization, virtual reality, um, kind of putting on goggles and you're, you're in the room with the machine or tr- advanced training techniques and safety. Those are all pretty fascinating things. Now we're getting into the heart of operations. So applying machine learning and blockchain uh, to different things, to the, to the smart grid, uh, to enable faster transactions, to enable a smart grid to actually function, um, uh, to... Uh, machine learning applied to reservoir simulation, enhanced recovery, leaking uh, oil and gas wells. Uh, you know, th- these, it's really leveraging technologies that exist and then adding a layer to optimize it to, to an extreme. Right. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, utterly fascinating because we interviewed uh, Sean DeWitt last week, and Sean is a senior business uh, advisor uh, in the health innovation area, and he was talking about XR Head their new virtual reality program. Mm-hmm. And he was talking a lot of, about the uh, 
training opportunities they have in virtual reality at a distance and some of the things you just described. So it's cool to see how that that's something that's it's it's cross sectoral that mm-hmm. these things are being investigated in all these different areas. So that's super cool. Yeah, and it seems to me that Alberta has a lot of potential for those types of programs and those types of innovations. Absolutely. The I mean the the energy industry provides a wealth of data. And, and when it comes to the digital innovation space, they're, they're not as capital-intensive projects as a lot of other ones. What they really crave is data and yeah. relationships and access. And so we're working with those organizations to provide them that because you can prove up the technology. On, I mean, it's often data agnostic. And once you prove it up in, say, an energy application, it can transfer to, to mining or health or, or who knows what sector. And so what's interesting is, you know, the two programs that we've talked about, both digital and bitumen beyond combustion, you know, really have this crossover potential into the new economy. Yeah, totally. That's, it's very exciting. Now, you'd mentioned data, of course, and with Alberta Innovates, we've, we manage the Alberta Data Institute. So are, these, are there a lot of intersection uh, between what you're doing and, uh, and Mark Diener's group? Uh, somewhat. I, I'd say that's a work in progress. We, uh, I've been working with Mark since he, he arrived at Alberta Innovates, um, although I only preceded him by about a year myself. But uh, and, and actually, Mark is an evaluator on the DICE program. So we've, we've brought in uh, folks like, like Mark, as well as Tricia Shanahan, uh, the executive yep. director for Emerging Technologies, mm-hmm. because we want to build up this internal capacity and understand what each of us are doing in this space. Uh, we're still, I'll say, figuring out exactly how we will work with you know, the, the Alberta Data Institute as it becomes up and running as well. And so I, I think across the board, you know, the Emerging Technologies group is, is new as well. Mm-hmm. We're very much trying to figure this out, and, and DICE is a learn-by-doing approach. Right. Yeah. So now with all of these, these couple of things going on, what, what's the sense you're getting from the community, from industry and, and businesses in the province? Are they excited by this? You mentioned 61 uh, applicants for DICE. Like, what's the vibe out there? You know, we had a tremendous response on social media to the DICE call. Uh, and it just speaks to, you know, we went in with uh, initially a focus on digital oil and gas. And then we expanded that to digital energy, seeing the opportunities in, in smart grid and some of the other, other spaces. And that was a wise decision. We've seen a lot of excitement and a lot of, you know, frankly, ideas coming in that we didn't anticipate. And that's what you hope for. Uh, you know, there's always those unknown unknowns. And being able to, to see it and see where the excitement is and what kind of ideas are out there, uh, the, the response has been tremendous. So there's, a, there's, I'll say, a decent likelihood that we may try to expand the current DICE program and be able to fund more projects than we had initially uh, laid out. Uh, at the time of launch, of course, budgets were still you know, very much in flux. Mm-hmm. I have a bit more confidence that, uh, that we can fund a bit more. And I think it's quite likely that we're going to run a DICE 2.0 uh, and that may be, you know, relatively soon because these projects do indeed have pretty short cycle times. Whether that it will target similarly, you know, smaller projects. These were geared at uh, an Alberta Innovates grant contribution of 200000 and less. Or whether we try to do some bigger stuff. So that's a bit of an open question right now. And again, we'll, we'll see how the DICE 1.0 uh, program plays out and then start to, 
you know, coalesce some ideas around uh, the next phase. That's really awesome. And I can't wait to see some of this maybe at Inventures happening June 3rd to 5th. Um, so this is a, a little tie-in here, some self-promotion. but um, Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless <laughs> plug. Um, but Inventures uh, just launched a special series called Creating the Future for Energy Resources. Um, and it, I cannot wait to see what you guys have in store. Can you give us a sneak peek? I can tell you a little bit. We're, there are going to be eight uh, sessions uh, that relate to this, and we're really gearing as you know, what does the future of energy, the future of Alberta energy, look like, right? And thinking long term, you know, the demand for global oil is going to, you know, be flat or or more or less till twenty forty or beyond, but. What other opportunities are out there uh, that exist in the energy space? So we're looking at sessions that relate to bitumen beyond combustion. Uh, I think it'll be actually a fantastic opportunity to showcase some of the recipients of the Grand Challenge Phase 1. Uh, so hopefully we can get a couple of those folks up on stage and talk about you know their plans and their backgrounds. Um, hydrogen economy. Uh, hydrogen is, is kind of back in a way. I think uh, 20 years ago, there was a lot about hydrogen fuel cells and it, it kind of went away for a bit. And I'll say it's come roaring back. There's some pretty exciting developments in the hydrogen space. And so we've been working with a variety of stakeholders and uh, looking to build some sessions around that. Uh, we're looking at potentially a lithium session. Um, and you may have read a bit about uh, the potential for lithium in Alberta. Uh, and there are uh, a small number of uh, startup companies in this space using either membranes or evaporation ponds or different approaches to extract lithium from uh, our produced water. And, and the lithium resource we have in Alberta is tremendous. It would make Alberta a world leader. Wow. But the problem is it's in very, very small concentrations and we need to figure out how to get it out. So uh, lithium could be a fascinating one. Uh, carbon capture, utilization and sequestration uh, with the uh, Alberta Carbon Conversion Test Centre operating in Calgary uh, and right in the middle of the Carbon X Prize Challenge. So some good opportunity there to showcase what's going on and again, some pretty exciting things there. Uh, looking at maybe a natural gas decarbonization stream, which is, you know, basically converting natural gas into hydrogen uh, for other uses and, and an inert carbon material. Uh, so those are a few of the ideas we're playing with right now. Um, nothing is quite fully defined, um, but we're pretty excited at the, at the opportunity. Yeah, Inventors is going to be awesome this year, and I'm really excited to see what's in store. Absolutely. And I think everything you've spoken about really kind of sets the stage for, uh, you know, how we're moving to that, that new economy. And it sounds really exciting. And, you know, as Katie mentioned, it'll be a lot of fun to watch and very exciting to watch too. So I think on that note, we should, uh, we should wrap it up. Brian, thank you very much for your time. This was great. Very informative. And if people want to learn more about uh, bitumen beyond combustion or perhaps DICE 2.0, if that does occur, I'm assuming they can go to the website and look up Brian Helfenbaum there and uh, reach out. Yeah, absolutely. The, the program leads on my team are listed on the website, uh, but anybody can give me a call anytime. I, I have a lot of passion and energy for talking about this stuff, and uh, we, we're reaching out and trying to grow this ecosystem, so please don't hesitate to contact me. You heard it there, folks. Give Brian a call. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Brian. Have yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Bye. Bye. Shift is brought to you by Alberta Innovates. You can find past episodes at shift.albertainnovates.ca or you can reach us online via email at shift at albertainnovates.ca. On behalf of everyone here, I'm John Hagen. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time.